My name is Brandon Wade, but you can call me Mr. Brandon Wade. You can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me B Wade. But I got two rules for you if you're going to call me anything. Speak life and keep it real. If you do that, you're good in my book. Welcome to Pay It Forward. Whether this is a short episode or a long episode, I give you the greatest commodity that I have. Myself, who I am, who I'm learning to be, and who I've been. I give you my experiences. I give you my heart. I give you the parts of myself that even I don't necessarily want people to know. So if you're going to show up here, my only request to you is this. If you're blessed by anything that you hear from me, pay it forward to somebody else and speak life into the people that you're around. So let's check out what the show's about today. Two things can be true at the same time. It's like, I don't know, it's like a 1.30 in the morning uh, where I'm at right now. And I'm uh, doing another pay it forward. I just dropped one not too long ago. And I was just kind of wondering, like, man, am I flooding the streets with this stuff now? Like, I don't know, just a lot of life experiences have been happening. And um, I've been learning a lot just about myself and uh, just kind of seeing myself reflected back at me. Um, I've been blessed to have a lot of uh, a a few new friendships and a few new uh, connections and stuff. And the way that I've been able to interact with them is just taught me a lot about me. I guess, you know, that's what they say in um, friendships um, and people, you know, is they're going to teach you about you. Like they're going to reflect the things about you that, you know, you may not really be interested in knowing. And then things about you that are also really good things. You you know, your friends are always a good reflection of who and where you currently are in life. Like and then at at a certain point, like as you grow and as you change, either your friends are going to grow with you or you just find new friends that are able to really fit with the place that you are. And um, one of the things that has been new to me is the idea that two things can be true at the same time. You know, y'all have listened to me and I've talked a lot about my dad, you know, as for many that don't know or anybody that's just like tapping in for the first time. A lot of the reason I talk about my dad is because my dad died midway through um, the first semester that I was doing Pay It Forward. I used to do it as a radio show. And the topic and nature of the radio show was very different. The spirit of the show has kind of remained the same, but the topic was very different because when I first started Pay It Forward, it was about what things can you do or talk about that you can talk about for one hour? Like, because... Back then, there was a curriculum that in order to complete this particular certificate at my school, you had to go and do um, one hour of radio and radio format is a very different. You kind of have to structure everything every 15 minutes or so or whatever. And so um, they were like, you know, you have to host a show for an hour and you have to do that. And it's like an independent study thing. You can kind of pick the show you're talking about as long as you're not like being vulgar or crazy. You can pretty much do whatever you want. And so back then, uh, my dad was still alive and I was like, okay, what can I talk about for an hour that if no one else is here, like, and I, if I, I can script it, but if I need a script, if I don't need a script, like how can I, what can I just talk about? And it just came to me positivity. And so pay it forward was initially my gift kind of to the school in the sense as I wanted to highlight everything good that was going on in the school and in life. And I was like, the worst case scenario, I talk about positivity for an hour. You know, and so that was the nature of the show. So I was interviewing people. I'd interviewed one of the deans at the school um, and I'd even gotten around to interviewing some of the people that I even have kind of a relationship with. Now, I mentioned Steve Wood, Brian Reeves. These are people that, you know, I have a relationship with in some capacity. And, you know, I've even done work with Brian, you know, and I've actually done work with Steve, too. I've had guests on and things like that. And midway through my dad died like he was he he died right after i did my um my my interview with uh the dean uh he was listening to it and that was the last interview that he heard that i'd done that was the last radio show he heard when he died and like if you um i don't know if i still i have to look back and see if i still have my old archives from uh original pay it forward some things were taken down because i was using copyrighted music and can't really do that on podcasts like that you are able to sort of get away with it in the context of radio and the school I was going to had a radio license so I could sort of get away with it. But when I started reposting it, they were like, yeah, you can't do that. So 
um, in some of my earlier episodes, I started talking about the grief process and what I was dealing with with uh, my dad. And um, he, you know, because he died midway through, I realized I wasn't able to just keep talking about positivity because I was not feeling positive. I wasn't, I, I just wasn't feeling what we know now as toxic positivity. I wasn't feeling that. So I was like, the show started to evolve because I started to evolve. And so my needs and desires became different. Um, I got hooked up with some people that were really dealing with like emotional maturity and doing like emotional work, trauma healing and things of that nature. And in my grief, it really drove me to really go like, okay, let me really sit with what I'm feeling right now and start processing that. And so then I said, well, I can't authentically do just a show about positivity, but I can show up in doing authenticity. And if I do that and I'm transparent about where I am, it will inevitably be positive. Hence pay it forward what we got today. So y'all have heard me do a lot of work around that because again, pay it forward is kind of inexplicably tied to uh, the loss of two father figures that I've had. I had a, a, a father figure as well. Uh, Dr. K.O. Williams or known as I always called him pops. And he was affectionately known as pops. Um, he actually, uh, had died this week. So again, a lot of grief I'm working through. Like this was like the week he died. Um, if you are a man and it could be different, everybody's got their different experiences, but I speak for myself as a man, my fathers were very important. The people I called father figure were very important to me. Um, my dad was the one who instilled a lot of really powerful values in me. He was, he was the one who taught me about integrity. He taught me about class. He taught me about standing up for yourself. He taught me about uh, protecting people. He taught me about um, using wisdom. He taught me understanding about knowledge. He taught me uh, clarity. Um, and my spiritual mentor, as I know as Pops, he filled in a lot of the gaps that my dad never taught me. You know, he taught me how to, you know, open a bank account. He taught me how to get in school. He taught me how to succeed in school. Um, he, he poured into me spiritually. He taught me a lot of things about the gifts and talents that I had. So these were people that I implicitly trusted and both of them died within a year. So a year of each other. So my dad died in 2019. Pop died uh, 2020. So in pay it forward has literally been an evolution of me as a person. So I have had mixed feelings about both of uh, my father figures. And I imagine a lot of this is just kind of coming up now out of my unconscious because my unconscious is like, hey, bro, you grieving. It's about time for you to, you know, start processing different layers of what you're experiencing. So I'm not grieving in the same way that I was then, but I am still grieving this. And one of the things that um, the spirit has been bringing to me is about connection. The value of being connected either to God, to myself, or to, or to those around me. And grief is a weird thing because it's both an opportunity to connect and a very painful and lonely place to be and feel. And um, I thought that I would be a stranger to grief because I didn't really have any major people die in my life for a long time. But, um, you know, when my, like I said, my dad died literally within, they died a, literally a year and like a, a few months from each other. And so one was expected. My dad had prostate cancer. It was expected he was going to die. And uh, my, but, but, but uh, Pop was very unexpected. Uh, he died so suddenly. I didn't even know he was gone because I didn't live with him. So I didn't know he was gone. He was just a mentor figure that I had. You know, I, I didn't know he was gone until weeks after. Like it was really, it was, it was wild. Um, that's an experience in itself. So God's been dealing with me a lot about connection. That even with the people that I'm around, that safety isn't really born from shared experiences. Like I always thought. Um, but it's really born from a place of being connected and being willing to be connected. And that starts before I even talk to or meet or connect with or, or be with anyone. 
it starts with me and then it just sort of branches out to that person and if that person is interested in in walking in connection then you have safety and i always thought that safety came from shared experiences hey we've both experienced the same thing we relate to each other and um i've had some friendships and some people that i've talked to cuz my style of relating to people I learned to do that through shared experiences. I learned like, oh, okay, you and I, we don't come from here, but we both have this particular feeling in common. And if I don't know where you've been, I can at least relate to how you feel. And that has been a way that has brought me connection, but connection isn't necessarily based on shared experiences. And this is what I, I always thought connection was based on shared experiences. I learned how to work on connection at an earlier age because I was just someone who expressed myself and a lot of the people around me were not comfortable with my bigger expressions. And, you know, my dad used to always say, boy, you always wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, you're always just out there doing stuff and you need to learn things and this, this and that. And, 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 and there was some truth to what he said. And also I just needed to be able to be a kid. And I found myself struggling to really connect with uh, the people around me. Um, so I, w I would try to learn what they liked. I even got to a point where I was just copying people because I was like, hey, look, I'll figure it out. Like this person does this. I'm going to just copy him. And I always wondered why I get rejected for that when people would just be like, no, because the thing is, is that. Over time, I'm starting to learn that. There's a level and an appreciation when we're willing to connect with others and to connect with others really starts with like, what am I feeling in my body? Like I'm feeling some anxiousness, you know, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling, you know, um, tense. Um, I need some more rest. Um, like what needs do I have? I need some water. I'm feel a little bit overstimulated, overwhelmed. You know, this is just me. I feel some tightness in my chest. Like these are just the things that come with connection and then accepting and saying, I'm Brandon. I am accepting myself in this moment. Like where I am right now is okay. And connection, as I'm learning, is about accepting not just the similarities but also the differences that connection isn't based on how similar i am to somebody or to multiple somebodies and i've known that to point out similarities between other people has been a tool for people to connect with me but it has also been something that would make me feel scared because I'm like, but what if we're not alike in this situation and we don't see eye to eye and we don't agree with each other? Well, we've lost connection at that point. And that's not necessarily true. Like, there's a difference between saying what you do is stupid and I don't like, I don't feel comfortable doing that myself. One of them is invalidating the other person's experience and the other one is taking responsibility for my own discomfort in that person's experience one of them is going to set one the person free and the other one isn't and so i've been learning that like two things can be true at the same time and that's kind of the nature of the paradox like two things can be true at the same time like i can both absolutely adore somebody and 100% not agree with what a behavior that someone is doing. But the reality is, is that I don't have to be responsible for that person's behavior. I'm responsible for how I, how I react or treat that person according to what they're doing. So I can say that I feel uncomfortable when I experience this. I can choose what I'm going to do in a situation, or I can choose to, to do all different things. There's always a place of agency and if for people who don't know the word agency just means like independence like there's always choices that we're able to make as people even if we can't dictate or control every action a person makes like and even every action is even going wild too because really we can't control any action someone makes and to try to do that is called manipulation and 
I, you know, again, having been someone who has manipulated, having been someone who has experienced manipulation, one manipulation doesn't even feel that good anyway, because then you're always afraid that that person is going to eventually still leave you. And it's all just based out of fear. But safety comes from a place of connection. And that has a place of like acceptance. And so I've had some difficult and challenging conversations that have caused me to grow more um, with the people around me. And some of it's just their experiences have just re either reflected where I am or it's just a place that they are that I haven't really felt like I could accept. Um, I've had some um, friends and people I've talked to that I could tell that they feel pretty disconnected at that certain point. They're not really, they're not processing what they're going through and they might be really, really, really overwhelmed. And I find myself still desiring and wanting things from those people. And it's not even that I want it. I want it from them. And then I found that they have not been able to give it to me. Some people have just flat out told me, yeah, no, I, I can't do that. And then some people have told me like, oh, I didn't know that was something that was important. It's not really that important to me, but hey, do you? And that has also been something that has made me go like, wow, I do not feel very appreciated and loved in this moment. And I was just listening to somebody, um, there's somebody else I want to have on my podcast. There's two people I've got that I absolutely want to have on my podcast. And you'll know them because when I, when I show the next guest segment, you will absolutely know who they are. Um, one of them was talking about the value of true listening in this world. And this person was talking about how in order to truly listen, we have to listen past our own negative viewpoints, our own traumas and our own scenarios to be able to see the love and care and affection that person may actually be giving you. And I thought about some specific situations that I've had where this there I've had some people that have genuinely given me kindness and love and affection, but it was not what I wanted and not what I wanted from them. It's kind of like the whole paradox. I do remember I even talked about it on a podcast earlier, like Thanksgiving dinner. And even something I always talk about with Christmas gifts. When I was a kid and most people, when they have kids, I, I was blessed to have some families that really did give me like some really nice gifts. And the thing was, is that a lot of them would buy me clothes. And I can remember like I would always get gifts, gifts from my family and stuff like that, but they'd always buy me clothes. And I'd get so upset about it because I'm like, what's the flip I'm supposed to do with some clothes? Like what I'm going to do? Like, I don't care. Like, again, I'm just going to be playing around and running around in them anyway. And my parents would always be really happy, or at least my mom would always be super happy about the fact that people were giving me clothes. And they'd be like, I'd be opening gifts and it'd be Nordstrom's, Macy's. You know, I'm like, what's, what's that supposed to do? Like, I can't play with that. I can't use it. That's not fun. And um, having a wider understanding, I understand more now why my mom was so excited about that. Because clothes bring value to the family, bring value to her. That's clothes she doesn't have to buy from me as a kid. As a kid, you go through a lot of different values of clothes, and that stuff can get expensive over time. So she was always really happy about that. And then I get a chance to look nice and wear nice things. And it is also true that I was not blessed in that way as a kid, because as a kid, I wanted things that would make me that would cause me to be able to have fun. I wanted toys. I wanted to play with cool gadgets. I wanted to be around that stuff. And I wasn't given that. And I was also still being given something that was very precious and valuable from the, the adults that were giving it to me. Now, could those adults have paid a little bit more attention to my own desires at that moment? Absolutely that didn't make the love that they gave any less valuable. It just meant it was a love that I was not really able to receive as a kid because it didn't bless me. And see, those things are true. It blessed me, but it also didn't. And what I'm learning is that two things can be true. I always thought that the truth was always one absolute, uh, there was an absolute right or an absolute correctness. And I always used to go for that angle because that's the way my dad lived his life. He was like, I want to be absolute right. He was always looking for something that he believed was absolute right. And so I believed in that. I was like, no, like I got to find out what is the truest thing. What is the truth, 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 truth. I was always on a search for just truth, truth, truth. I need the truth. And so then when I got involved with Christianity, I was like, cool. 
Christianity is the truth. Now I understand the truth. And the fact is, is that there are layers to understanding truth. But one of those layers is that the way the universe was created was in paradox. The way that we show up in life is paradox. What's a paradox is two things that end up somehow both aligning with each other that are going in different directions. Two things that are still true at the same time, even though they're opposite things. So I have been learning lately that two things can be true at the same time. Someone can absolutely be giving you the purest and most genuine affection that can genuinely love you as a person and genuinely be like, I am giving you what is so precious to me. And it can absolutely be not what you need, want, or desire. And it can still be true love. Two things can be true at the same time. And two things often are true at the same time. So that's been kind of tying into this whole, Brandon, what is it coming to to, 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 to accept someone for their differences? It's, it's, it's not that to accept someone for their differences is where love is. It's that similarities and differences don't have anything to do with connection. Similarities and differences, connection is, is separate from that. Connection is the acceptance of two different truths. You know, as people would say, speak your truth. The reality is that the truth is, in fact, a paradox. That there, that truth doesn't really go in one direction, and it's because of that that it goes in one direction. It's that two things can be evident at the same time, even if they are entirely opposite. For example, I've talked, and I don't know if I've mentioned it. I think I have mentioned some of it on this on uh this podcast. Is you know I've talked a lot about my dad, and I've talked about some of the mean thing and cruel things that he said over time. And my dad was also my hero. My dad was one of the bravest and um, most uh, courageous people I've ever met in my life. My dad took courage in standing up for me and standing up for his family. And he genuinely did so because he loved his family. He loved us with his whole heart and soul. He would drive us places and take us places because that's what made him feel safe, knowing that he could knew, knew absolutely he could get us from point A to point B, no matter what happened. He knew you, and he was probably one of the best drivers to this day I've ever met. He just, he could, he, he could, he, he was the, he was gifted behind the wheel. He could drive just about any car that existed, stick shift to truck. To, to, to sports car, he could just get in and know it. Stick shift, not stick shift. He could get in and just know it. He was gifted. And he knew that he could get us from point A to point B. He never crashed. That man has been, that man drove for 50 something years, never crashed once. Never ran into anybody's car. Didn't even have so much as a, of, a, of a bump on, the par, on a parking thing. Never crashed. 50 some years, perfect record. When my dad said he was going to do something, you could put it in the bank. If he said he was going to be outside at 7 o'clock, you better be standing out there at 658 because he was going to be there at 656. He taught me the value of integrity. He taught me the value of what it means to protect your family. He taught me what that means, whether it be through emotions or words. My dad never let nobody talk bad about me. In front of him, absolutely not. Even in his presence, even if he found out somebody did it, he'd go seeking them out. My dad was my hero. And he could also be very abusive verbally. He could be very cruel. He could be very kind too. He was the coolest dad. I was I was blessed with a cool dad. The first time I ever had a girlfriend, I remember she came over the house and my dad walked downstairs and saw us. And I never brought a girl over to the house. He saw us, he looked at me, he looked at her and he just said, all right, I'll see you at work. He'll see you after work. And he just left. My parents would always let me bring people over the house. They said, as long as you take care of the house, it's all good. I could bring people over at any hour of the house, any hour of the day. I got the cool parents. I got the parents that understood what it meant to be a teenager and what it meant to be a young adult. And my dad would tell me daily, why don't you have no get up and go in life? You know, how come you don't ever do this and that? How come you don't ever do this? 
and whenever i went somewhere my dad always provided for me whenever and, and it was and it wasn't fake it wasn't with ex, it wasn't without ex, it wasn't with an extra expectation i was using out my bad it wasn't with expectation he provided for me he had my back and i miss him very much one thing i could say about pop man that man could affirm me like nobody else Every single day, without fail, we were going out to school. He say, "Son, send me a picture." He tell us to take a picture of our outfit or whatever. He say, "You look, you look handsome, son." He would tell us all the time. He say, "Boy, I know the women can't stay away from you. You handsome." He would tell me that every single day. He did it just no, 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 nothing. Just it was just nothing for him. He said, "I love you, son." He got me used to saying, "I love you" to other men. I thank God for him for that every single day. When I didn't know what to do when it came to a bank account and all these different things, and I was 26, not even understanding, he said, no, nah, I'm going to get on the phone with you and walk with you. He didn't live out here with where I live. So he was like, I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to walk through it with you. I never felt like an idiot around him. He had PhDs and everything else, and he would always lower himself. It didn't matter how embarrassing, how silly, or how stupid it was. He'd always lower himself. And say, nah, let me, let me, let me show you. He say, son, this is what you got to do. That's all you got to do. He said, let me show you what I know. There was a time that I remember getting on the phone with him and just sharing my whole heart about everything that I felt and was experiencing. He literally just sat there and listened to me. And I could tell he was listening. And I felt like a burden had been lifted. Like I felt like he just approved of me. And I said, pop, thank you, man. He said, this was my pleasure. He said, I hope we do this again soon. And I sat there and was like, he actually listened to me? And my dad, he always understood. My biological dad, he always understood. Whenever the situation was real tough, even when I got myself into situations, there were times that I had lied and schemed and got myself into a situation that was real bad. And I came to dad and I said, dad, yeah, I messed up. This is this Y and Z and this is that. He wouldn't even look, he wouldn't even get mad. He took one look at me and he'd be like, all right. He said, we're going to figure it out. He'd take it on himself. He wouldn't even give me a lecture about it. And my dad was known for giving lectures about stuff. Boy, you, why are you being so stupid? You this, this, and that. He wouldn't even give me a lecture about it. He said, cool, done. He said, we're going to figure it out. Even if he had to go up and take care of it himself, and he would do it without hesitation, he'd do it. He wouldn't even care. He'd say, this is what I do. He showed me what commitment looked like on a daily basis. He showed me what it meant to be friends with my mom. He showed me what it meant to have a, a, a safe family unit in many ways. And he also was terrifying to me. It was a multiple, it was a multiple layered picture. And that's when I learned that two things can be true at the same time. And so I was like, well, which one of these is true? The same with Pop in that way that he became very abusive at a certain point in life. And it had gotten to a point that he was using scriptures in the Bible to get us out of giving him money and, uh, you know, making us do things for him because he felt that we were he was entitled for that because he was going through the things he did. And I always used to wonder, even after both of them died, I said, well, which one of them was true? Was this person an abuser? Or was this person a good father? And the reality is, is that he was both. And you can say, but that's not possible. They contradict each other. And he's saying that is the rub of the land right there. Two things can be true at the same time. Someone can be deeply mature and have a lot of room to grow. Someone can be correct and then also still be lacking understanding. Two things are both true at the same time, and both of them are okay to be true. Someone can absolutely love you with their whole heart, soul, and being, and give you their very best of what they have, what they consider most precious. And it can feel like you are not being loved because they are not giving you what is precious to you. And your what is precious to you is still an important need that you have. All those things can be true at the same exact time. And it's okay. 
Someone can be deeply similar to you and also deeply, deeply different. And both of those things can be true. So if both those things can be true, I started to sit there and think, well, dang, like, what does it mean for connection? Like, for example, I am 32. I am probably in many ways a lot more advanced than most people, even in my own age bracket or age group. And I also feel like a five-year-old child most days. Sometimes I feel like I'm 10. Sometimes I feel like I'm eight. Sometimes I feel like I'm 12. Just with the knowledge and wisdom and understanding of a 32-year-old, sometimes I get on calls and I literally feel like I'm four. And you say, well, which one is true? But you're still an adult. And I say, yeah, that's true. But I also am still a child in many ways. I feel like a child in many ways. And you know what? Both of those are true. I feel like an adult some days. I feel like a child some days. Sometimes I feel like a mentor. Sometimes I feel like a student. Sometimes I don't feel like either. All three of those things are true. All those things. I'm a teacher, a mentor, a student, a friend, a brother. All of those things are true. I've been a villain in the stories of other people. I have hurt and used and cheated other people myself. Um, and not just by being a victim. There's been times where I could have said no and I didn't because I wanted that person to do something for me. And I manipulated them. Either if I got it or didn't get it, it didn't matter. I felt entitled. And then there have been other times where I've showed up as a person. You say, well, is, is Brandon a righteous person or an unrighteous person? Both and neither. I'm a person. And two things can be true at the same time. But what I recognize now from some of the greatest leaders and people in the world and all this stuff like that is it really has nothing to do with good or bad. I was actually having this conversation with um, one of my friends. I was having this conversation with her and I, I sat and I said, you know, I was always wondering why people followed different people just during time, you know, whether they followed um, Obama or they followed Donald Trump or they followed, you know, you know, even the, the wilder, more extreme leaders like Hitler and Stalin and I would and bin Laden and I was like why do the people follow those people even if they know they are doing something that is like morally apprehensible like reprehensible like why follow a leader that would do something like that and I realized that with people we want connection more than anything else we want to be and stay connected with each other because when there's connection there's safety that's why we seek out romantic relationships is because those are some of the places where we feel the most connected, at least for me. I definitely feel the most connected when I'm in intimate relationship, whether that's romantic or otherwise, that's where I feel most connected. And I was like, why do people follow them? What is the reason that people just seem so drawn to these people that are like actually saying wild stuff. They're like, I will actually kill you, your family, your friend's family. And everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, how are you saying yes to this? This is like actually crazy. And it's not though. Because for better or worse, that person is doing two things. They're being true to the person that they are. And they're connecting with people. If you've ever seen a situation where two people are wildly different from one another, but yet they have this bond with each other and you say, well, there's got to be a similarity somewhere. And then you look and you say, there's not really a lot of similarities this person has with this person. Why? There's a lot of things, especially in relationships that you could explore. Like, do you guys have the same core values? Like my dad and my mom, they have the same core values, even though my dad and my mom were like wildly different. Like my dad was very outspoken and very kind of aggressive. And my mom was not she could be that way, but she's not, she's not like that. Like my mom, not like that. But my dad was like always looking for a conflict and different things like that. He was very shrewd and sharp and, um, you know, cunning and different things of that nature. And I would be like, my parents are like opposite opposites, but they weren't because deep down they had a lot of the same core values. So you can have similarities that matter in that way. Like my friends and the people around me, we generally, we all have the same core values. We value the same things. However, Deep down, the connection isn't always just based around the fact that we agree with each other. The fact is, is that we can still connect with each other. The connection isn't always based on 
you and I see things alike. You and I see things from the same lens. And I have always really up to this day thought that that was where connection is formed. You and I see something in the same way. And even if we don't agree with each other, I can see what you see. And that's what matters. I and you are alike. And that's where we connect. That is not true. That is a way of that is a way you can connect, but that is not necessarily connection. Connection is being able to sit, truly see someone in that person's experience, see my own experience, listen to them and take joy out of what they told me. Appreciate them for the value that they're giving me and make a deliberate, honest choice on whether that is something I want to receive from that person or not. That's been a difficult thing for me. Um, there's a book that I read. It's called It Didn't Start With You. And I've eaten the meat and spit out the bones. That's a quote in the Bible, which is basically like you listen to the things that you can process and then you spit out the things that just don't really align. You know, so um, I was listening. He's like, eat the meat and spit out the bones of what was happening. And basically the man talks about how he was dealing with a lot of things and he'd overcome. He'd had like a crazy scenario that happened to him and he felt like he had to go on this journey and discover himself. And then when he finally had done all these great feats, these powerful things in his mind, he went to this major guru and the guru came to him and said, you need to make peace with your mom. And he was pissed because he'd had a really messed up relationship with his mom. And he went back again and he went to another person. And then that person told him the same thing, says you need to go back and make peace with your mom. And he was really angry about that because he was like, he felt betrayed by both of his parents and he struggled to receive his mother's love. And it was because a lot of the love that he really wanted, he didn't feel like he was getting from her. And there is something to be said about being able to receive someone's love as they're given. And our parents are usually the first people that well they're they're the generally the first people that we meet that we're able to receive their love from some people give love in very immature ways some people give it in mature ways but you have a lot of people who love there are some that just may not be in that space to love and ain't trying to do that but a lot of people want to express love and receiving the love from those who have it to give and those who want to give it at least for me, it's been it's been my own share of difficult. Like, can I receive my mom's love? What she is a very loving person. Like, can I receive my mom's love? Because sometimes you can tell people are just desperately wanting to give you the love that they have, and it's just not what you want. And what I'm learning is that two things can be true. I can still receive the love my mom gives me with all of her heart that she wants to give me. And I can also have love that I want that maybe that's not what she can give me. And sometimes there's love that I want from my mom and that I wanted from my dad that my dad just flat out couldn't give me. I wanted my dad to really, really love and accept me for who I am. And he was not able to do that. He was able to love me as his son, support me, do all kinds of things. But that was not something he could do. He could acknowledge what I was doing, but he's like, I can't really accept you for who you are. Like, I want you to be an extension of me. And it was very similar with um, Pop. He really couldn't accept me for me. He was like, I know who you are and I want you to be this person. And I really, 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 really wanted him to accept me for me. I wanted them both to accept me for me, just unconditionally be like, I love you. I accept you for you. I, I just, no matter what you do in life, no matter where you go in life, if you don't do nothing else in life, I delight in the person that you are right now. And that's one of the main things that I really like that my relationship mentor um, taught me. Brian Reeves, one of the things he taught me, um, I call him a relationship mentor. Um, but he said, a man without a father's praise, like his unconditional love or a wise elder's praise never really truly feels successful. And I do think that there is a lot of truth to that. Like, 
unconditionally, my father's praise is what I have been seeking through my relationships, through my relationships with women. I unconsciously just been seeking my father's praise, been seeking that you are loved and worthy and appreciated just as you are. I don't want you to change. I don't need you to do better. I don't need you to be better. Because that was the main thing that my dad always was trying to get me to do was be better, do better, do better, do better. He did so out of his own fears because he was like, I'm scared that my son is not going to be able to survive in life. I feel like I need to teach him. He was very afraid of that. And so he did what he could to protect me and shield me. But that didn't mean my dad didn't love me with all his heart and soul and being. And he truly did. And the love that I really needed from him was not a love that I got. So is this need still valid to be to feel like I am praised and loved and accepted every single day from an, a wise elder? Yes, yes, yes. And there are people that are giving me love. And they're loving me with their whole heart and soul, and it's not necessarily the love I want. So I've been working on being able to receive what love someone can give me. Like, what can they give me? And then also working on this, what can I give myself? I've had a few breakthroughs recently where, like, I've noticed that I've started gradually talking kinder to myself. Where instead of going like, Brandon, you just don't, you know, I'm like, Brandon, you are great. You are loved. I love you. You're doing fantastically you know, even the thing where people say, like, don't be too hard on yourself. Well, that's actually being hard on yourself. Like, stop being so hard on yourself. That's absolutely being hard on yourself. Like, that's just another ego voice. Like, and so I'm learning to go, like, Brandon, you are loved. I love you. I have space for your big feelings. And it feels very uncomfortable. Not only that, I feel even resentful even thinking about it, even saying it. And I know that that's a love that I desperately desperately crave and need and want and long for and desire. And I'm starting with giving and starting with allowing it to be given to myself. I'm starting with my own words. And I have love that's been offered to me. I have friends and people that I know or acquaintances, people I know that are like, hey, I admire you. I look up to you because sometimes that's the love that they can give you is that they admire you. And they're like, I just genuinely admire the person that you are. Their love may be admiration. Sometimes their love is distance. There are probably people right now that don't talk to me because they're like, no, I just don't want to disturb you because I just don't want to bother you. And that's the way that they show love. Their love could be space. Some people's love could just be if some people's love is a little bit more anxious and they're like, hey, like I'm reaching out to you. I just want to know how you're doing. And their love could be just based in it could be fear, but their love could be that they're checking on you. What comes what comes naturally to them, what comes naturally to them to do. And sometimes I found myself wanting love from certain people that they just can't give at that moment, but they can give me something. So I'm learning that connection is not always just about receiving someone's love that I want, but receiving and being connected with them and appreciative of them, of them, of what they can give and having agency to choose whether I want to receive what they're giving me today or choose not to receive what they're giving me today and be clear on that. So I serve I serve the world. I serve, as, as many would say, the collective. I serve humanity by being able to say, hey, I really see and appreciate and value the love that you're giving me. And this is not currently a love that I can genuinely receive. And I'm also open at a certain point to receive it in this way. You know, hey, this is a way I can receive the love. And then we begin to make connections. So I've been learning about just accepting people's differences, accepting my own differences, like accepting that to, to be different is not a bad thing. You know, that's one thing that I've struggled with. I got somebody I know and he loves adrenaline stuff. He just loves drop rides. He just wants to get thrown off of things and things like that. And he just he loves that. I do not like that from my very core. I don't like that. I despise that. There are other things that I like that are adrenaline based, but I don't like being just like shot down out of a drop ride. I've done Supreme Scream three times and all three times I didn't like it. 
This person loves it. He loves it. I resented him for loving it because I was like, I don't feel safe around you because you love something that I don't. And I feel like we're not going to be connected if we don't. I can't control what he, what love he has, what things he loves, but I can allow myself to genuinely just receive the love that he has to give. Now that's something that he enjoys, but he can be just bringing his own vibrancy. The fact that that's really what he likes. Some people give their love through different things. Their love their you know, they have a book that talks about love languages. Some people's love languages don't match up. If someone loves words of affirmation, which is a, a thing about basically affirming people, teaching people, telling people good things or whatever. If someone loves doing that, they're going to do that all of the time. Words of affirmation is not necessarily my love language. I don't necessarily take deep joy out of someone telling me how happy they are and how pleased they are with me. But you know what I can do? I can also advocate for my own needs. I can also say, hey, this is something that I actually need when it comes to love. This is an important thing. And I can give that person the chance to say, hey, yeah, you know what? I actually can do that. Or no, I can't actually do that right now, but this is what I can give. It becomes a negotiation in that way where you're able to negotiate and navigate and then you're able to have safety and connection. That's at least how it works for me is to be able to speak up and advocate for what my own needs are. And anyone, I want to tell you this in your life, anyone right now that is your friend is going to be supportive of you advocating for what your needs are and they're going to advocate for their own some people we have in life we, they're just they're a little disconnected and they're not really feeling what's going on in their own body so sometimes people don't know their own needs but they'll give you the best that they can and sometimes that's all that they know how to give and we have the ability to say hey you know what i'm so appreciative of your love i accept your love today I am so appreciative of your love. This is not something I can receive today. And even in doing that, there's acceptance in love. Like if you're able to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm not able to receive that today. That's still, that's still accepting their love. It's just saying that that's not something that I'm going to eat today. You know, if I put, if someone puts food on my plate, I can be genuinely grateful that they gave me food. And I might try it and say that I don't necessarily like it. I might eat it, but I might not. But it still becomes my choice. I've still accepted their love. So I'm learning that there's humility in being able to accept someone's love and also being willing to advocate for the love that you actually need. It's a scary place to be sometimes. And that's the love I need, you know, when it comes down to, and it's, I'm sorry, not that's the love I need. The love I need is love that comes from a place of unconditional kindness, joy, and, 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 and appreciation. Love that just says, I value you exactly for who you are, where you are, what you are. I don't need you to change. I don't want you to be different. Because the bottom line is I'm going to be different either way. Every single day I grow and change. Every single day. I changed in a healthier, more, 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 more conducive way to serve in this world every single day. But to know that if I didn't, that, that, that I would have a father figure that just loves and supports me and is pleased with me just because I exist. Man, the safety in that is amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. And there's times that I like to give that to even those that I know. Some of my nephews and little brothers and little sisters, just let them know. I say, hey, I love you. Like, there's nothing that you could do to make me change that. Nothing. So for everybody who's been struggling with connection, like I have, may you this day have people in your life come to you that are able to connect in true love that are able to connect out of a space of love and out of a space of appreciation for who you are. May you meet people that are able to appreciate the differences between you. And may you meet people that are able to appreciate the similarities and may you be a person like me. May we all be people that are able to appreciate those things. So before I pray for y'all, even as I'm saying that I'm gonna pray for myself, I'm switching it up mid mid sentence. 
God, can you, would you be willing to help me and make me a person that, that is able to receive with grace and ease, the differences and similarities that I have with other people? Would you be willing to make me someone that is able to love people and receive their love or choose to not receive it tries to choose to not receive their love and have healthy boundaries. Lord, I thank you right now. Would you be willing to show up in me? Show the person that I am and just give me grace and ease with that, man. That's my prayer, man. And I just thank that God for that. If you're willing to do that for me, would you be willing to do that for anyone that wants it that's listening on this podcast? In Jesus' name. Amen. May y'all be peaceful. May y'all have life. May you have life more abundantly wherever you go, whoever you are. Thank you for always listening to me, watching, paying attention to my story as it evolves, seeing me evolve as a human, seeing me evolve as a person. I told y'all I would give y'all my time and my commodity. That's some. That's a way that I give love. Is I give my intention, I give my time, I give my deliberateness, I give my gen, I give my my commodity of myself. That's the way I give love. So thank y'all for being able to receive it or not receive it. Thank you for accepting me. It's the last bit of nugget and knowledge that I think I can give and pass on today. To choose to receive or to choose not to is still choosing to accept. It's only when we choose neither that we don't accept. To accept someone is very, very powerful. I love y'all out here, man. Can't wait for these next guest segments. Y'all are going to really enjoy them because y'all know that I don't get people on this show unless we can really talk some stuff and they're going to help me grow just as much. Whoever's listening, man, just keep doing what you do, even if it's one person in the room, even if the person's just you, because you never know who's listening. And even if not, just do it like one person's listening. So I love y'all, man. Peace. Come on, march with me, march with me.